0: Welcome to Kansas City Confidential, a podcast we we hear from the people behind Kansas City's local restaurants, businesses, and personalities. I'm your host, Sari, and this week I'm joined by Danielle, former podcast host and owner of marketing company Super Crunch Studio, previously Boxer & Mutt. In this episode, you will hear us refer to the company as Boxer & Mutt since their brand relaunch was released after this episode was recorded. Here's Danielle to talk about her love for helping companies and the power of relationships.
1: Ooh, hey, hey,
0: Casey Confidential. Casey's Confidential. Yay. Hey. Your Open Belly podcast, which I was a huge fan of, subscribed, listened every week. I had the Give and Partake Open Belly Partnership book. I loved Every restaurant, I tried to visit every restaurant that you highlighted on that podcast, get into Open Belly. You hosted the Open Belly podcast, highlighting immigrant restaurant owners and focusing on diverse foods. What was the motivation of starting that
1: podcast? Yeah, it's a great question. So, this was back um, in 2019, I think, is when I started the podcast. And at the time, I had only lived in Kansas City for about three years. And I was really blown away when I moved here. I so I was in LA, uh, Southern California, more most recently. I grew up in Hutchinson, Kansas, but went to California for college. Spent a lot of time there, and when we decided to move to Kansas City, I was a little nervous that a lot of the culture that I came to love about living in LA would not, you know, be present in Kansas City. And I was really surprised to discover all of these great restaurants that were just kind of hidden gems throughout the city that weren't getting a lot of publicity, or maybe they didn't have a huge marketing or social media budget, but were serving amazing food and a lot of people just weren't talking about them. So that was really the initial motivation. But then, um, you know, with the 2020 election and just kind of a lot of anti-immigrant rhetoric and sentiment out there, I just felt it was kind of ridiculous that, you know, people were saying build a wall, but then would go out for margaritas and Taco Tuesday. And so the goal of the podcast was really just to help connect the culture with the food. And food is such a great entry point to get to know people's stories. And so I looked for chefs in the community that had these really incredible stories that could use food as a way to, to tell those stories to our community. Met some really incredible people early on and thought, I just want to provide a platform for them to be able to tell these stories. So that was really the goal. As someone who loves to try new food and loves finding new restaurants, I
0: utilized your podcasts consistently to find restaurants, finding restaurants that aren't just your American burger, steak, steak and potato kind of places, but having cuisines that I've never heard of or meeting restaurant owners from places in the world that I'm not familiar with. And so it was, Mm -hmm. I'm sure I'm not the only one who utilized your podcast as a tool to find places in Kansas City. And honestly, your podcast was kind of a motivating factor for me in just the local business aspect of our generation in podcasts. It's, It's such a great way to find information. And when you hear people's stories, and you understand their business and you get to know a little more of the products, whether it's food or something else that they're serving. It's it's such a great tool for people to be able to connect with with these businesses. And I your podcast was just a big motivating, was a big motivator for me to start this podcast and do sort of what I've been doing in the last year.
1: Well, that's awesome to hear. Thank you for sharing that with me. I, I've met so many people who have done the full open belly tour. I've met people at restaurants where, you know, I was eating at these restaurants and they were there also because of the podcast. And so, you know, sometimes when you're creating these episodes, you wonder if you're just speaking out into the darkness and if anyone's listening, but to be able to see those connections happen. And then even years later, I've heard from a lot of the restaurants that I featured that their businesses really took off after the podcast episode came out, opened a lot of doors for them. I don't want to take any credit for that, but I think that just a little opportunity can sometimes lead to such big things and they've really been able to take a lot of their success and and really run with it and grow it. And so that's been really cool to be a part of that and to hear from them years later that, you know, our team doing the podcast episode, you know, made such an impact on them. And that's really what I wanted was to just give them the spotlight and the credit that they deserve. They were already doing awesome things. And I just wanted to shine a light on that. And so, yeah, it's really cool to hear. Not only did you, you know, try a lot of the restaurants, but it inspired you to create too. So I'm happy to hear that. How was it juggling
0: being a podcast host and being a business owner and working all at the same time?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I I think back then I wasn't as busy work-wise. I had more free time to explore and play. And I actually really miss those times a lot. Um, really grateful for where the business is now but it's harder to fit in any other passion projects but for me it just it was something that I enjoyed doing in my free time and so it didn't ever feel like work it was almost a break from work and I got to meet really cool people and have these great experiences so It was something that I looked forward to, and I just found a way to fit it in. And what's also been really cool is that a lot of the people that I met throughout that journey have now turned into clients, so I still get to work with them in some capacity. So yeah, I mean, it just kind of naturally fit into what I was doing every day anyway, you know, talking to people, eating good food, telling stories, connecting people. And so it didn't feel like a lot. I mean, it was a lot of work, don't get me wrong, but it didn't feel like work. It just felt like something I would naturally do in my free time anyway. Speaking of Boxer what
0: inspired you to start this company and become a business owner?
1: So I started the company 11 years ago, and I would not say I was inspired when I started it. I was I hated my job, and I just kind of decided there I can't do another day of this. Um, I was living in LA. I was commuting uh, three hours round trip, sometimes four, depending on traffic, um, which is like six or seven miles, by the way. It's not that far. Um, so I was just living out of my car, working at a startup, working really long hours and just feeling like this isn't, this isn't what I want to do, but I don't know what I want to do. Um, and I think I was 26, 27 at the time. So still pretty young in my career. And I decided I was just going to put in my notice and do some consulting for some people that I had worked with. So prior to that job, I worked at MySpace and (laughs) one of the cool things about that job is that we all got laid off at the same time so I had all these great connections that all went to different places except for the the one colleague of mine who literally did zero work and he was the only one that didn't get laid off so he stuck around um but everybody else got laid off so I had all these great networking opportunities to you know connect with people and do some freelance work and Just decided to freelance until I could figure out my next full-time job. Um, And I just realized I didn't ever want to go back to a full-time job after that. So in the beginning, I was mostly doing product and marketing consulting for startups. And I still do a little bit of that now. But over the years, I've really built out a team to do more full-service marketing. Um, Before working at MySpace, I had worked for a full-service digital marketing agency, so had a background there. I just love working with entrepreneurs and helping them bring their dreams to life. And so I never really knew what I wanted to do, but it took some time to realize that what I wanted to do was be the one to help other people bring their dreams to life. And that really is my dream. So it's pretty cool to be able to work with people that are really passionate about what they're doing and help them figure out a way to bring their ideas to life and to promote their products and services and just work with some really cool creators. So when you move back
0: to Kansas City and you were starting this business, how are you going and finding your clients?
1: I have never done any advertising. It's all been word of mouth. And it's truly just been from connections that I've made, friends that I've made, um, people that I've tried to help along the way. And I've never tried to do it to get a client out of it. It's just people that I'm like, I love what you're doing. Let me see if I can introduce you to this writer over at this publication or... Oh, you should have, you know, this person come in and try your food. They're gonna love it, and they can connect you with so and so. And I'm just a connector. I just have always been that way. And so those connections for me have just naturally come out of that. Um, so I've been really lucky that I really haven't had to try to get any business, and it's um, all just kind of come organically to me. but our team works really hard to keep the business that comes our way. So that's a different story. The power of networking is so
0: underrated. I remember when, I was graduating college, I have a brother who's nine years older than me, and the best advice he was giving me was network, network, network. You never know where it's going to lead you, and making connections with people is the most important thing. It is amazing to see where that leads, whether it's in your personal life or in a professional sense, and so that's awesome that just by word of mouth, your passion of helping people has led you to creating this amazing book of business.
1: Yeah. And I would say also for me, it's not so much just networking and asking people to help me, but it's like, how can I help them? And whether or not it ever turns into a client relationship, it's just putting that energy out into the world. So for example, I was at a barbecue festival last year, last year, there was, there were, I don't know, maybe a dozen different uh, pit masters there. One of them I had, I was friends with on Facebook, but this was the first time I ever met him face to face. Um, one of them I had never met before. And then another I had never even heard of. And I got to know them all at this event. Uh, ended up working with all three of them in some capacity. But we have a working relationship with Aramark at Kaufman Stadium. And so I was able to connect them with Kaufman, And now they have a barbecue pop-up that they share at the stadium for the season. So for me, it was, it was like I tried their barbecue. I thought they were really cool people. When my client asked, you know, who should we know to have come in for this barbecue event? I was like, oh, these are the three people that I really liked from this event. You should talk to them. And it just kind of organically worked out for them. But it was mutual networking. I mean, they were just genuinely nice people, wanted to get to know me. I wanted to get to know what they were doing. And then those doors opened. So I think a lot of people forget that. as like putting yourself out there to see what you can get in return. But I think the more good that you put out and the more connections that you make for people the more they'll remember you <clears throat> and, you know, hopefully it pays off down the road. So speaking of Aramark,
0: how'd you get involved in them? And I love, I follow you on Instagram and I love seeing whenever you're at Arrowhead or Kaufman and working with the food concession. So how'd you get involved with them?
1: Yeah, so we were working with Lifted Spirits Distillery and they had met with the folks at Aramark about a potential partnership. And I guess while they were on that tour, the the client at Aramark had asked, "Hey, do you have any marketing people that you could recommend?" And so Derek at Lifted Spirits dropped my name. I was walking out the door to go pick up my son from school, and I got a call from a number I didn't recognize. Decided to answer it, and they were like, "Hey, this is so and so from the Royals. Um, can you come in and meet with us like tomorrow to talk about marketing?" And I was like, "What? Like, who is it?" <laughs> yeah, I was just kind of shocked by the whole thing. And they're like, "No, Derek gave us your number." I'm like, "All right, sure." We went out to the stadium, took a tour. I brought my photographer, Alyssa brought us um, with me and we just fell in love with them. We were like, we just want to work with you guys because you guys are awesome. I mean, it's really fun being at the stadium, but I really care about the people that we work with. Um, It has to be the right connection and the right personality fit because we're going to be working really closely together. And they were just awesome from day one. So um, we started doing social media for the Royals Team Store and the K Foods, which is their food and beverage account last year, which then opened a door to go work on the Arrowhead side. So we did social for, or we have been doing social for the Chiefs Pro Shop and Arrowhead Eats, which is their food and beverage side. We're back at the stadium uh, on the Kauffman side this summer as well. And so it's just been a really cool partnership. They are doing some really fun things. I love their chefs. They're they're just really open to like some creative collaborations and fun items. There was a time last year, it was um, the Grateful Dead night at the K. And I was like, do you think we could come up with a crazy food item? Jerry Garcia loves hot dogs, apparently. So maybe we can do a hot dog. And the chef came back with this chorizo dog with a pickled gummy bear relish and like deep fried mustard and it was just the craziest thing I think I've ever tasted, but I just love collaborating with them and and they're doing really fun stuff there.
0: On your website, it says that you are a, a
1: pretty no-nonsense business. Can you explain exactly what that means? I think a lot of agencies, you know, have a lot of, they have big teams. They have a lot of overhead. They have, you know, office space to pay for. We just don't really operate that way. We're a really nimble team. Everybody works from home. Um, we try to keep costs really affordable for our clients so that we can meet them where they're at and provide a service that's going to be the best value for them and not just you know assign somebody who doesn't have anything else to do to their account that may not be the best fit. So I bring in the right specialists. I bring in the right team that really understands their business and their industry And we also just try to be like fun to work with. I don't know, like cool, normal. (laughs) Um, I I mean, I feel like we do really high quality work, but we're also just approachable and easy to work with. And we try to build good relationships with our clients. We're friends with a lot of our clients. I mean, there are people that I like spending time with. So we just try to be like normal, cool, no nonsense. How do you manage your book of business in
0: terms of staying on top of everything and having to wear so many hats at once?
1: So we have been growing the team quite a bit to help uh, with the, just the the business growth. So um, I brought on three new team members um, last year and an, another new team member this year. So that's been helping a lot. Although there's, you know, it takes a lot of my time to train people and get people up to speed, but they're all awesome. And so it's been really great having the extra support. We have a lot of processes. So I was a project manager before, so I am naturally really organized, although my team is probably laughing because I've been so so disorganized lately and really counting on them to help get me back on track. Um, but we're just so busy. And so um, it's been great, but we've had to build more processes and more tools into our workflow to make sure we're not dropping any balls. And I will say that I am very proud that we very rarely drop balls. Um, and so I think just having the the kind of automation in place too. So our project management tool, you can build a lot of automation into it for reminders and workflow automation so that if something is if completed by one person and needs to be moved to the next person, they automatically get a notification and things like that where I've just had to build smarter tools to keep everybody organized. With your kind of business, you're having to handle so many different accounts
0: in so many different ways. There's socials. Nowadays with social media. I talk about this a lot. I personally do not like labeling myself as an influencer, a micro influencer, I guess. I just think that word has a lot of negative connotations, but as someone who likes to showcase the city, it's really interesting the amount of times I've gotten into conversations with people when they talk about businesses or even marketing teams who will post on social media on behalf of a business kind of pass it off as something that's really easy, but it is not. And I no. have so much respect, even, I mean, people who do it in a more professional sense than I do and do it for a job. I mean, I know just a sliver of what goes into that as opposed to what you and your team are doing. You have to know business inside that. You have to know the client. You have to know their clientele. There's so much more that goes in the part of marketing that is posting on social media than simply snapping a picture and writing a caption, making sure you don't have typos and posting it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think when people use social media for personal purposes, it's very in the moment. It's very raw. That's probably not the best approach for a business. Um, I mean, it works for some brands if that's their brand personality, but for our clients, the planning for a post, we're working on posts that are going to go live in July right now. So we come and do photo shoots usually once a month or once a quarter for clients, but sometimes once a quarter. So we're already thinking about seasonality. Um, What do we need to shoot for 4th of July or whatever holiday after that? We write, we plan and write content 30 days in advance. And there's always room for some, you know, last minute additions, but If you are waiting until the day of to figure out what you're going to post that day, it's just not a strategic approach. And I think that's what we do really well is that we are very strategic, but we're also really creative. Um, We look at analytics at least every 30 days to figure out what's working well, what's not. And you can't can't really trust those analytics if you're just posting haphazardly because so, so much of social performance is based on consistency of posting. So we try to have a really kind of methodical way of creating content for our clients, a way that's manageable for them so they're not constantly on their email, you know, having to approve things. They can sit down once a month, maybe twice a month, review and approve everything, and then it's set and ready to go. And so it is, it's is—it's a lot of work. I mean, there are a lot of hands on our team that touch it from our copywriter to our content planner to our scheduler. I mean, our photographer me I mean there are a lot of people that that will be involved in just one social media post
0: with your team and the creativity you get to have what are some favorite projects you've worked on in the past where you felt like you were really able to use your
1: creativity to the fullest that is a Good question. So, one of my favorite projects that we worked on to date was for Chingu, which is a new Korean restaurant that opened in November in Westport from Chef Kyung Kim of Sura Eats, who is on the Open Belly podcast. That restaurant is just so cool. It's exactly what I love about restaurants. So, when I lived in LA, we lived really close to Koreatown, and there were a lot of places like Chingu where you could just pop in. Have some drinks, order several rounds of food, just have a good time. The music's good, the the vibe is good. It's not too formal, but it's it's you know not super casual either. It's just a fun night out, and I think he really nailed that. And so being able to be a part of the branding process, so he worked with Frank Norton on all the branding. Who uh, Frank and I have partnered on a lot of projects, including the Open Belly podcast. Working with Alyssa Broadus on all the photography you know, working with their culinary team, his kitchen staff is incredible. And I just, I don't, everything about it is like, it's like my type of restaurant. And so being able to help bring that to life on social through the website and and through their PR and marketing, especially through the launch was really fun. Another one that I'm really excited about that we just started working with is Serve, uh, the new pickleball kind of entertainment space um, in Overland Park. And that's another one where I knew uh, Rachel Kennedy, one of the founders, from years before through the Open Belly podcast and also through Curbside Casey, which was another project I worked on. And we just stayed in contact over the years. Um, they hired a new, I'm going to butcher his title, but I want to say like kind of kitchen manager who is a chef that I've worked with for years And I play pickleball there. And so just all these worlds kind of collided and, and it was just a natural fit to start working with them. But they're doing really fun stuff. I love spending time at their space and it's such a vibrant, fun community. And so helping them bring that to life across their marketing platforms has been really exciting too. That just goes to
0: show the power again of connecting people and working with people and that leading to other
1: connections and other individuals getting connected it's really cool to see for sure and frank is an incredible connector too um he just works with some really cool people frank and i met at like this marketing professional meetup kind of thing it's kind of funny but i had um you know googled everybody that was going to be there before the meeting and i saw his work and i was like i have to meet this guy And I told him about my idea for Open Belly. And I was like, your work really inspired me because I think it's just the perfect aesthetic for what I'm trying to do. So we met. We started working on it. And I am not joking. I almost started crying when he showed me the branding for Open Belly because he just nailed it. He's such a good listener. He really takes everything in and really tries to understand not just what you're asking for, but your motivation. So he can bring something back to you that's like beyond what you ever asked for. And I feel like he just nails every project. And actually, um, so Boxer and Mutt, you know, that's been the name of the company for 11 years. I named it after my dogs. Um, the Boxer passed away last year. The Mutt is 15. She's on her last leg also, so... It's it. what was once kind of a fun um, conversation starter is now this weird, depressing story where I have to tell people like, yeah, I named the company after my dogs, but one of them's dead. Um, and so we've been working on changing the name of the company for about a year now. The trademark process takes a really long time, but I partnered with Frank to do the branding for the company as well. So I'm really excited that later this year, we're going to be rolling out new branding, new name, new website, and it's all Frank's amazing work. Yeah. So, um, Yeah. More on that soon. I cannot imagine the
0: process that goes into rebranding, especially for a company and established LLC. I'm sure there are so many things on the back end.
1: No, there's just a lot, but it's okay. It's worth, it's going to be worth it.
0: Well, that's very exciting. Congrats on that. Thanks. You obviously are very well versed in really cool places to go in Kansas City. You have an awesome client list. I love so many of the restaurants and businesses on your client list. When you were not working, where do you like to go in Kansas City? What are some of your favorite spots to go to?
1: Yeah. Um, I had to make a list so I wouldn't forget anything. Um, <clears throat> and I know I'm gonna offend a bunch of people right now. So I'm just I'm gonna keep the list pretty light, but so for coffee or breakfast, we we moved last year, but we used to live walking distance to Heirloom in Brookside. And during the pandemic, the Heirloom kitchen was like an extension of my home. I think I went almost every day. There was one day I went for three meals because they were also open for happy hour that evening. So I had breakfast, lunch, and dinner there. Um, I love the staff there. I just love the space and spend way too much money there. I think for like a casual lunch or dinner, we end up at Anasone at String Hall a lot. I love Anarom, the chef there. He's a good friend. Um, Their sticky rice plate is just so good. Um, So that's a go-to. We love taco naco. We get that. I was actually, when I was answering these questions, I was like, oh, taco naco sounds great. Let's get that tonight. And I forgot they were closed on Monday, so The other place that I've been digging lately is um, a client that I've been working with, but Tacos Valentina is now at Torn Label Brewing. And I hadn't had their tacos. We had been working with Torn Label for a few months, but then they started this partnership with Tacos Valentina. I had not tried their food yet. So we did a big photo shoot. That was the first time I got to try everything on the menu and it was all outstanding. So if I'm down in the crossroads, for sure, that's a great little casual dinner spot. Um, For a kind of like... More night out on the town, obviously Chingu. Um, We spend a lot of time at Waldo Thai. I love the staff there. I love the cocktails, love everything about it. The Lana experience, have you ever done that there? No, I haven't. So it's like a tray, a sampler tray of all of the different dishes on their Lana tasting menu. Um, That is the way to go there. Um, Even if you're just with two people, there's one for two and then there's one for four. And so it's a really nice way to try a little bit of everything. Um, and then Town Company and Corvino are kind of our go-to celebratory spots. Um, I also really like Jim's Alley Bar for drinks. They are also a client, which is it's just so funny. I'm like, I'm not trying to sit here and pitch my clients, but I genuinely love hanging out at all their spots. So yeah, those, those are kind of my top go-tos. It really says something when you want to still
0: go back when you're off the clock. Mm-hmm. And we love Jim's Alley. I love King G's. Dan and I went to Jim's alley for the first time, maybe a couple months ago. And Dan and I are kind of funny when we go out. We always say that if people listen to us talk, they would think we're honestly probably tourists because we will go in and we evaluate everything. We'll be like, I love the wall color. I love the decor on this wall. Look at how the bar set up. I really like the bar stools. We're we're so funny. I kind of feel like an old couple when we go Mm -hmm. out because that's like genuinely what we talk about is the space we're in especially if it's somewhere we haven't been before and discussing the menu kind of going over all the details and for have any- you
1: been to barbacoa yet
0: i have not no it is on my list
1: yeah we just went for the first time last weekend or the weekend before anyway um that space is beautiful so we used to live right down the street and i was excited for them to open it's a little bit of a schlep from where we live now but i was so blown away by how cute it was the food was great my husband made fun of me for ordering queso because it's just like the whitest thing you can possibly order at a Mexican restaurant, but it was delicious. You have to go get the queso. Everything was really good. The drinks were good. It's a cute space. That's I'll add that one to the list too.
0: If there was something you could change about Kansas City, what would that be?
1: Yeah, I struggled with this question when you sent it over because there are obviously so many really important things that would make Kansas City a better city for a lot of people and I recognize that I live a pretty privileged life so I I don't even know how to answer it um I mean there's a lot of things that I would want personally but it doesn't feel I mean I feel like I, I live a pretty great life here and we have some pretty awesome experiences and people and opportunities but not everybody has that and so I don't know. I feel like I'm just walking into a landmine, like by even trying to answer that question. What do you think Kansas City needs more of? More late night
0: food options or restaurants that stay open later.
1: You know, I'm going to take the opposite stance of the late night dining. I'm going to say what I really want as a parent of a six-year-old is like a place that's really hot to go at like 4.30 or 5 p.m. that my kid can just be a total asshole, but I can get really good food and drinks and just be home by seven, but not feel like I'm getting the like senior citizen experience. My life would be complete. Are there any other other businesses that you've recently onboarded? Yeah. So we just started working with Good Vets, which is um, an animal hospital group. They're based in Chicago, but they have three locations here in Kansas City. They have one um, one in Lee Summit, one at Shops of Prairie Village, and then one in Mission Farms. And they partner with local veterinarians to to that are like co-owners of the offices here. Um, they've been awesome to work with. I feel like, I, so, you know, I had two dogs, have the one now. I just kind of hate going to the vet. Um, it's never a really positive experience. It's really expensive. Um, there's usually like a cat in the waiting room that my dog is barking at. Um, my dog doesn't want to be there. It smells like dog pee. Like, I don't know. It's just not a place I want to hang out. So I just kind of dread it. Um, and this group reached out to me to help them with some some local marketing. And I took my dog for the first time a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, this is awesome. So you come in, the lobbies are super cute, there are plants everywhere, there's really cute tile, there's a coffee bar, there's a LaCroix fridge, it smells really good. We were the only patient in there at the time. They don't have a large waiting room, so they try to keep it small. They brought us into a treatment room right away. The doctor and the staff are awesome. I never felt like they were trying to like upsell me on things that my dog didn't need, um, I mean she's kind of end of life stage, so we just want to keep her comfortable. We don't need to, you know. Anyway, all that to say, I've been really happy working with them. We're doing some cool projects together to try to get the word out about them more in the community, partnering with some influencers, doing some community events. So they've been a really great partner that we just started working with. That's
0: exciting that is a great new new client as someone who I can very much empathize. I put my dog down last summer. She was almost 17 about 16 and a half uh year old puggle so I definitely can relate to the end of life we were at the vet constantly especially in the last couple months of her life I was there I felt like almost every other day and when you're in those situations you want not only obviously you but more Importantly, to be honest, your pet, you want both of you to be comfortable and feel like it's as much of a positive experience as it can be. That's awesome. And that's a, a great business. And I hope people will hear this and, and go check them out as well. Are there any upcoming content posts for any of your clients that you would want to especially highlight or tell listeners
1: to keep an eye out for? So we are planning to do a bunch of fun giveaways this summer with the Royals um, through Aramark. So I would say definitely follow the K Foods, like T-H-E, the letter K Foods on Instagram and the Royals Team Store on Instagram. Um, We just did a giveaway with uh, Kansas City Bucket List, which I think you had Mindy on the podcast before, yeah? Yes. Yeah,
0: Mindy and I are good friends. I love her. She's awesome.
1: Yeah, so we just did a giveaway with her. Um, there were, it was a giveaway for four Diamond Club seats, parking, food and beverage, and I think a team store gift certificate. Um, we'll be doing some other giveaways like that this season. So definitely follow those two accounts. Um, another client that I just worked with a little bit, but I just feel like is somebody that people should really pay attention to is Smoke Craft Barbecue. It's S M O A K. Um, his name is Cade Colson. He and his brother are business partners. And Cade has been popping up, doing barbecue around KC for um, I think about a year now. I could be could be off about that, but he was one of the, the pitmasters that I met at the event last year. And um, he's just really blowing up. So he is at Kaufman this summer. On a rotating schedule, he was also one of the NFL draft vendors, and his barbecue is awesome. He's just like a salt of the art, salt of the earth guy, just really cool dude. Um, so I would say go find Smoke Craft Barbecue on Instagram. It's S M O A K. I just want to thank you
0: for for being here, and like I said, I've just been a huge fan of a lot of the clients that that you serve, seeing everything that you and your team have done and put together is awesome. And I think everything you have done for Kansas City and for these businesses through Boxer Mutt and through Open Belly is just awesome. And I hope that everyone continues to give as much love to the businesses that that you work with as possible. I hope people obviously go in person and uh support these businesses as well.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you so much for this opportunity and yeah, for continuing to to share the stories about these businesses that we work with. That's really what I am passionate about is getting them more exposure and introducing people to them um, so they can experience them too. So I really appreciate you taking the time.
0: You can find Danielle's social media in the show notes. Be sure to follow along to see the awesome brands within Kansas City she represents. As always you can follow me on Instagram at KC by Sari. See you next week. Ooh, hey, hey, Casey Confidential. Casey's Confidential. Yay. Hey, Kansas City's best. Ooh, Casey Confidential. K pa 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 pa
1: da